0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line, Katrina Padron. Katrina is the founder of Northstar HQ, a fully integrated, data-driven agency that specializes in sales automation, lead generation, and digital marketing. She's also the founder of Not The Marketing Girl, a four-month training program that teaches effective online strategies to entrepreneurs who want more sales. Katrina is changing the way growth-minded teams bring in business, and she's helped over a hundred B2B brands close hundreds and thousands of dollars in sales. So this is going to be a lot of fun today. Katrina, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here.
0: So it sounds like you and I are on basically the same, tra- uh, the same trajectory, right? We're both digital marketers. We both nerd out on the data. I'm really interested to hear your story on how you got to where you are today.
1: Mm. So I had been in marketing for a few years when the economy tanked in 2008. And at that time, the old saying in marketing was half my marketing doesn't work. I just don't know which half because we are buying like radio ads, print ads, billboards and digital marketing and social media marketing emerged on the scene but businesses didn't know what to do. I I know it's hard to think of like businesses not knowing that they need a Facebook page now, but um, back then they didn't. And I set up my first social media campaign and generated $60,000 in revenue in about 48 hours. And I was like, hey, this works. And secondly, I can track it. I now know which parts of my marketing work. And then thirdly, I saved my job. So that was all really great. I stayed at that company for a couple more years and then just split off to do my own thing that really focused solely on social media marketing and digital marketing and how that ladders up to growing businesses and increasing top line sales.
0: That is really cool. It, uh, you know, that's really cool because uh, AU landed on something that, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, you know, that some people don't even realize, you know, there's this one story I tell where this was actually not too long ago. We're driving down the main street over here and my girls are like, uh, Papa, we're hungry. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, go, you know, cause they have thousand dollar iPhones on in their hands. right? right? <laughs> you, gotta, you know, so I tell them, okay, go find yeah. me a sushi restaurant. You know, yeah. we'll just, we'll go grab some sushi real quick. And, you know, as they're going, you know, as they're looking, they find a sushi restaurant that happened to be about a mile, mile and a half up ahead. But out of the corner of my eye, I spied another sushi restaurant that was Mm. right on the corner. Right. So I asked them, I'm like, well, wait a second. Why not that one? And they're like, well, it wasn't on my list.
1: Didn't show up. (laughs) It didn't show up.
0: So that place was practically invisible. Yeah, it was Black Mirror Invisible. If you you know if you watch that show on Netflix, you'll know what I mean. Where you know people can just turn you off and then you become white and then Mm -hmm. you can't see anything, right? And what happens is that business basically it lost my business, right? Mm -hmm. And it it didn't even have a fighting chance because it wasn't in the list that everyone is using today, right? In order to you know in order to be there and to be available, you know, for people. Mm -hmm. And I think the other really cool thing is looking at the stats, right? You know, looking at, uh, you, you know, you are right that you don't know which part of your marketing yeah. is working or not. So with traditional off, let's just call it offline marketing, radio advertising, newspaper, print, you know, things like that. Those are very, very expensive ways to market. You know, you talk to carpet cleaning people and they swear that the Val Pack is the best thing that uh, yes, they is do. the best thing that works for them. So, like, I priced it out, right? And I'm like, okay. So, wait, let me get this straight. So, you just dropped six thousand dollars, right, to have a hundred and fifty thousand flyers within a concentrated set of zip codes that you know has a certain population density,
1: right? Right.
0: And I'm sorry, how many phone calls did you get for that? Right. Cause that's really the only way to track a conversion, right? How many phone calls did you get? Oh, I get about maybe like 10 to 15. So, you know, it's like, okay, do the math. So 6,000 divided by the, like your pay. So, and then how much is your service? Oh, my service is $150. So how are you making money?
1: The math doesn't work on that.
0: The math does not work. Right. I can. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like you can, like you can prove that out in just about in just about anything, yeah. if you want to look down to that level. I mean, just pick up a GQ magazine, and you want to advertise on the, you know, on the front page or a full, take out a full page ad before the table of contents. How the hell are these people making money?
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, and I can tell you when back then when we were buying radio ads or print placement things like that. I mean, we had. This wasn't even that long ago, but somehow it now feels so archaic to me. (laughs) But um, we had this binder that had the calendar, you know, all the days of the month on it. And we would write down the sales for that day. Um, And then we would write a little arrow up or down. And then we would overlay that with what marketing we had going. So if we had a radio campaign that just launched that day we would hope our little arrows were going up for that week in the next couple of weeks that those were running. Most of the time, that was the case. Like we could draw a direct correlation between, Hey, a radio campaign just launched and we have a lot of little up arrows, but sometimes we couldn't with print. I mean, we were constantly asking like, well, bring this in. Or when you call, tell us about this coupon or something to that effect to quantify It just doesn't really quantify. And then the other thing that was really, really hard was we had some billboards, highway billboards, side of the road. One of them, I remember, was $7,000 a month. And we're like, okay, how are we tracking whether these... People who are driving by their eyes are seeing the billboard, whether they're coming to our business. And that, again, was really hard. It was simply we're drawing little arrows next to sales and seeing if we can get some overall increases.
0: So you're using the Katrina Scientific method to track uh-huh. sales.
1: It's patented. Um, you can research that in any Dewey Decimal catalog. Uh, like it just seems, and that was the best that we had at the time. Like I, I don't know how else. Um, you know, there's numbers on billboards as to how much traffic is going by, but the effectiveness is really challenging.
0: So when you had to answer to your clients. They basically gave you an open checkbook, right? You went and bought all this media, right? And you tracked with your little overlays and your arrows and all that with your patented scientific method. Right? How comfortable or uncomfortable were those conversations month after month?
1: So, well, just to clarify, so it wasn't with clients. It, I was in an internal position. I can tell you the owner of the company His little method was he would walk by my desk or the other marketing person's desk and say, you know, what are sales like today? And you would need to know the percent of, you would need to know the number and you would need to know the percent of increase. And it was kind of like a pop quiz of, are you paying attention? Right. Then there were days like, hey, maybe there was a bad month of sales and campaigns would just get cut cold sort of thing. Or sometimes there were campaigns where it was like, you know, it seems like numbers are going up, but maybe if we adjust creative, we can get stronger increases. So it back to my scientific system, it was some great mystery to me. So when social media came on the scene, as, as much as every exec at that company did not want to be on social media, I was thrilled just to see like, People clicked through, people opened, you know, just some basic, basic numbers.
0: You know, that's really cool because, you know, like basically you have to, you have to be able to justify your job, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your job, your internal at a company or to the client that has hired you to do this for them. Right. You have to do some kind of justification. And sometimes what I do is, you know, I just ask them like, Hey, was your bank account you know, did it have more money in it last month than it uh, this month than it did last month? And I'm like, great. You know, that's a reason why. And especially because if you need to do this type of marketing for companies that you can't effectively track a conversion, right? Yeah. A good example of that would be a doctor, right? So I have, uh, I have two, do- I have two separate doctors that happen to be gynecologists, right? I know, I mean, I can track who calls because we have call tracking yeah. numbers. I can track how many people filled out the little form saying, yeah, I want to schedule, right? Which will prompt them to get a call back. But yeah. I have no idea whether that person came in for a checkup, whether that person delivered a baby, whether mm-hmm. that person had this horrible disease that's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, to treat. I don't get any of that information. Right. right. So it, and rightfully so. You know, like, I don't need to know, you know, the details on every single sale okay. and why they're there. Right. But at the same time, you're trying to figure out, like, okay, how is this interesting? How is mm-hmm. this, going? You, you know, like, how am I going to make sure that I am doing a good job, you know, for this particular client? And I find that always intensely interesting. Because each client that you bring in, unless you're one of those digital marketers that only works with dentists right, right. or are no. you know or like super niche or i only work <laughs> yeah. with accident attorneys right yeah. you, you know you really have to pivot and be creative on how you're going to track this stuff but i can make the same case for life insurance people i can mm-hmm. make the same case for insurance adjusters i can make the same like you know these are really long sales cycles These yeah. are really long and like with real estate agents nobody gets paid a penny Until the final paper is signed. And there are 150,000 variables out there that will prevent that sale from happening that have absolutely nothing to do with the great work that Jeff and Katrina are doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? It's true.
1: It's true. And we work with a lot of B2B brands. And what we find is they come to us because they'll say things like, you know, I need my sales team to have more calls booked or I need more demos scheduled or things like that. So it starts to get a little bit easier in that realm, because then we're able to track like, well, how many calls were booked, how many are booked now, depending on how we're doing it, we can probably track how that lead or prospect is coming in. So we can attribute those to our work. So that gets easier. But also on that same note, with longer buying cycles, sometimes it just gets lost. And it's also... I think in B2B, it's also a little bit harder to keep your eye on lifetime value, right? So maybe they have a sales conversation now, they don't close for another two years, but then they're a really great client for a really long time. And we don't always have that information upfront as to they're going to be a really great client in two years. We just need to nurture them and stay in front of them. And so sometimes campaigns get pulled for that reason. Like it just doesn't produce fast enough.
0: Oh, I agree totally. I agree totally because it's like you need to figure out like okay, how can I get how can I do this at, you know like you said attribution, right? Mm-hmm. Can I attribute this to, you know, to something other than osmosis? Yeah. Right? And if, if you can, great. But if you can't, well, now you're going to have one of those uncomfortable conversations, right? So you're going to mm-hmm. have to figure out how do I save my own tail? in this situation yeah. it, while keeping up the value that i am uh, you know that that i am producing for this company yeah Let's- well
1: on that note i just want to say on that note you know another challenge we have in the digital space that's hard to track is the direct traffic piece right so these are people who are just typing in the website directly into the into the bar at the top and a lot of times what we'll find when we work with clients is will notice increases in direct traffic and the client will say, well, they're not clicking the link so they must not be coming from you. And my feedback is, well, here's what your direct traffic was for the last six months or a year. Here's what your direct traffic is now that we're working together. Is it plausible to think that they're now seeing your name out there, they're recognizing you're showing up in the digital world and instead of clicking the link, they're just typing it in. I don't know why they're typing it in. PSA to the world, stop typing it in and just click the link. (laughs) Um, But we do see some correlations like that, that, you know, need to be thought through too. And sometimes in some cases it's like, oh, well, there is a PR campaign and that totally explains that piece and that's fine. But then sometimes there's nothing that explains that piece.
0: You know, one of the interesting things that not many people talk about but is still very 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 prevalent is when you fire up your browser in the morning mm-hmm. the home page that comes up you can set it to be like just a data page or like yeah. uh, it could just be a blank tab it could also be like uh, your company's website it could also be google.com mm-hmm. right so people will type in to google dot, you know they'll they'll fire up their tab goes to google and then they'll type in the name their own name into the Google search bar and then click from there and then Google gets the attribution as opposed to the direct thing. Right.
1: There are still
0: a lot of people that still do it that way. And it's like one of those shadow, you know, type type metrics that you need to think about because not everyone uses the phone and the browser the same way as you and I, as you and I do. I look at the way my kids do it, you know, and they're, yeah. It's just totally different. And they just look at yeah. things a lot different. They're like, like Facebook. Yeah. Dad, I, I deleted that six months ago. I'm not. on Facebook yeah. Anymore. yeah. And all right. So how else am I supposed to reach you? And they're like, well, you can text me, you know, yeah. <laughs> <Things like that. laughs> I love having those conversations with them. You know, it's always, uh, you know, it always goes down this path that I probably shouldn't be going down with them, but it's always a lot of fun. Um, I want to switch gears for a second. And talk about some of the softer, uh, some of the softer ways that you can help, you know, your business show up and Mm -hmm. be present and, you know, uh, basically be effective. Right. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit during the pre-call and it's really just about showing up.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. It's
0: about, it's about, it's about taking a stand and just saying, Hey, I'm a digital marketer. Or, hey, I'm a doctor, you know, for this type of, you know, for this type of service, or I happen to be an expert on this type of, uh, you know, on this type of product or service. I think a lot of people don't necessarily put a lot of value into that, right? Because mm-hmm. when you look at, when you're, you, you know, when you're cyber stalking somebody. Right. So I'll Mm -hmm. be honest. I cyber stalked you, you know, before we got, you You know, it's like, I'm looking at, uh, you know, like the, you know, the different web pages you have linked up, uh, you know, how many, how many appearances you've had, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like The idea that made your appearance on this show more attractive to the, you know, to the exclusion of other people is that you showed up. You demonstrated your worth. You you know you have this. uh, You know you have one page with your or a website with your course on it. You have another one with your agency, and it's pretty easy to figure out professionally what Katrina is all about. Yeah. So you know, let's talk about that. Why, Why do you say that showing up is the most impactful thing a business owner can do?
1: Well, there's a few reasons. And when I think of showing up, I kind of look at it in different buckets, right? There's the showing up of being active digitally on social because people are going to check out your profiles. I mean, I can tell you one time I was looking for a doctor and I, or a pediatrician, and I Googled them and they, they weren't really there. And that little bit of presence they had was what looked to me was really dated. And so I'm, Instantly, my mind is like, I'm not going there, they must not be a good doctor. And I don't know why I correlate those two together. But that's a piece of showing up is being out there. So when people are looking for you, they can find you. And the other piece of that is these algorithms for all the social media sites, they work on, they favor consistency. People who are consistently showing up for their audience with relevant content are going to perform better, which means you're going to get in front of more people that um, that that fit your prospect audience or your ICP. So that's one way. Then the other way of showing up as a business owner or an entrepreneur I mean I remember when I started this company 10 years ago and people are like, "Well, how much work are you really going to get done?" At the time I had two little kids. I had a 2-week-old and a 2-year-old. And I'm like, "Well, I show up every day. Like I have my schedule and yes, it's limited, but I am here ready to participate in my business and talk to people who I might be able to help with my services." And so sometimes the showing up is like just having your schedule and being Present and ready to take what comes. I can tell you one day I sent out pitches. I was doing some, I wanted to put together a philanthropic project. And so I don't know if you know who Seth Godin is, but he's a well known author, particularly in the marketing space. And he was just kind of on my wish list. So, you know, I put my little email pitch together for him. I'm sitting there, you know, just finishing out my workday and I get a call from a strange number, I answer it. And he's like, Katrina, this is Seth Godin. And just like, put this in context of how many times does your phone ring and you don't answer it because it's spam or the number is not familiar or whatever. And I showed up and I answered my phone and I got a call from Seth Godin who wanted to participate in my campaign. So it's all those little actions that add up to something.
0: You know, I love that because you're basically someone who, you know, like you put it out there, but you're just not expecting, you know, an immediate no. or an intimate response. Right. You I know, was you kind of,
1: just- of like, no response is probably what's going to happen. I was not expecting a phone call. And uh, not only was it Seth, well, yeah, I guess that's the point. It was Seth. It wasn't, you know, hey, assistant, call Katrina back, get some details. It was it's Seth. He wants to participate, and by the way, not only does he want to participate, he wants to make this better. So here's his expert ideas on how to make it better. I'm like, okay,
0: <laughs> that's really cool because you know a lot of uh, uh, because what happens though with these things is that people just don't realize that if you just put it out there for the universe to listen. Yeah. The universe is going to hear it, right? And I, I know I'm getting all life coaching now, right? And I'm really not one to manifest myself into, you know, into positive situations, right? I'm not that guy, right? But at the same time, the second you put it out there, it's like I am a podcast expert, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, uh, you know, like here's a personal story. I've been doing this now for, I've been doing this now for for almost two years, and I never thought of myself as a podcast expert. Right. Mm-hmm. I was always like, you know, it's like not so much imposter syndrome. Like I knew I wasn't an imposter anymore, but I okay. never saw my, I never thought of myself as a podcast expert. Right. Until I went to podcast movement, you know, about two months ago in uh, Nashville and I was there all excited. I'm going to learn all this new stuff that I didn't have access to da, 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 da. And I was, I remember listening to the keynote speech, which was about, uh, it was with, uh, uh John Lee Dumas and his, and his wife the 10 things you need to do in order to produce a podcast. So I'm like, all right, I'm there front row, ready to take notes. You know, yeah. step number one, do this step. Number two, do that. And I'm like, okay, I already do that. I already do that. I already do that. I got, to, you know, I got to number 11 or 12 and I'm like, I already do all of these. Right. And really what that, you know, and if it took me taking four days out of my life and flying to Nashville and staying in a nice hotel right. and, you know, attending this just for me to, you know, to stand up and say like, okay, I could have taught half the stuff then that was it. you know, like, I'm a yeah. podcast expert. Yeah. Listen to me now. Right. And what was really cool about that whole experience was you put a microphone in front of your face, people listen. Sure. Right. And, and it's, and it's not just about me. It's not just me, you know, like inflating my own ego, you know, there are so many different genres, you know, just within podcasting or the scary stories and the true yeah. crimes and all that stuff. And, you know, my business head is going like, okay, so how do you monetize that? Yeah. <laughs> right. So but at yeah. the same time, you know, it's like all of these people took a stand and mm-hmm. you know, had a shred of talent and went and put themselves out there because now the technology to do so is so easy to do. Right? Yeah. You can literally do it from uh from anywhere. Last week I interviewed a guy who happened to be in uh in Kofanang in Thailand, right? And we just we had a great conversation and we were able to lay it down and it was You know, we put it out there, you know, also live and cut up the audio and make a podcast out of it. And it was great. And the guy was, you know, he was 11 hours ahead of me. Mm. So, you know, like you can really do this from anywhere. You can really do this at any time. And you can make sure that it gets, you know, that it gets to the right people. Right. And I think that's really, you know, like one of the more impactful things like what has been your experience with the, you know, like just showing up, like, what can you say that would be like, you here's, know, this is what I did. And, you know, like, and this is what happened.
1: Here's what I know. And I know the one big tip is supposed to be, you know, tangible and actionable and measurable. When I show up magic happens and I can measure that magic, But I can't always explain that middle part of what's happening. But I'll tell you so I run this marketing agency and we get a lot of referrals. Referrals are end up being our best clients, our longest term clients. And so I was looking at how can we increase our referrals? We can increase our referrals by having more agencies that send us referrals essentially so like pr agencies branding agencies those work really well for us because they have sort of marketing adjacent clients but they don't do what we do so i've been putting this plan together our team's writing the web page for we're writing some email copy we're making a list of people who might be a good fit and as all that's going this week i've already gotten two requests from people I've never talked to asking, how can I be a referral partner for you? And so like, that's where the magic is. I don't know like what what it was that sparked differently for them because they approached me. It wasn't me approaching them, but they wanted to be a part of what we're doing. And it perfectly aligns with the goal and the intention that was set. So it will be measurable, but some magic stew happens in the universe. (laughs) <laughs> that I can't explain. Not Life coaching is
0: right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. You know, I love those examples. And I think all of us can like point to one or two of those things where you just yeah. thought it. And, you know, my wife has a term, she calls it the power of wishes, yeah. right? Which is also very, you know, very cool and very powerful. And I think it's all interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. In that you don't know. In the book, uh, in Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Work Week, yeah. you know, he, there's this one section where he goes into defining who an expert is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question, you know, like, you know, like, who is an expert? And everyone goes like, oh, someone with a PhD, someone who knows uh, who's an expert on this, someone who's been, I, I don't know, who, yeah. who was a character witness in a, you know, in a trial or something. And no, all of those are, you know, they're, they're okay definitions. But the fact of the matter is, an expert is... Someone who shows up and has 1% more knowledge than everyone else in the room, meaning the audience. Sure. And that's really what we're talking about here, right? You know, am I a podcast expert? Yeah, I guess I am, you know, present company included, right? I'm not, I'm no, you know, I'm not going to try to, you know, to hide that. Now, next to other people that have done 3,000 interviews, 5,000 interviews, you know, or Joe Rogan, who just got, you know, a nine figure deal. Oh wow. Okay, great. Right. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not on that level, but then again, you know, that's a different type of goal to achieve, right. Not just to be, you know, like the person who's going to produce podcasts or produce lives and things mm-hmm. like that. There's always going to be someone better, but you know, if you're preaching into a smaller room, then great. Microphones in front of my face. I'm the one that's up on stage. That makes me the expert for that amount of time.
1: That and just the value that podcasts bring in terms of business relationships these days. It's. I used to have a podcast too. It was called Standing Out, and it was an interview style podcast. And we had an audience of about twenty thousand. The audience was fantastic, and the podcast was fantastic. But the thing that really made me want to do the podcast was it opened doors and conversations to people who, if I had reached out to them with like a cold email or something, the chances of them really saying, yeah, I'll spend 30 minutes on a phone or a video call with you to get to know you, that probably wasn't going to happen. And so it was almost like this Trojan horse approach to get really meaningful relationships in my network
0: amazing uh, you know amazing stuff i'd like to sum up this uh this interview here with if you could just tell us a little bit more about uh about your agency and mm-hmm. how people are able to reach out and contact you if they would like to learn more
1: yeah so northstarhq.com that's the best place for b2b brands looking to Grow sales, whether that's booking more demos, getting sales conversations going for their sales team, things like that. It's a full service agency. But then on the flip side of that, I know a lot of businesses out there have internal marketing teams, um, especially junior level led marketing teams. We can really help those people with Not the Marketing Girl. Not the Marketing Girl is 16 weeks of training, and essentially what they're getting is a crash course in business acumen. So these junior level people tend to really know the platforms really well, but where they miss it is that their campaigns and their strategies aren't really laddering up to the overarching business goals. And so we're able to come in, fill that gap, help them build out a marketing department that's scalable and effective.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Katrina, this has been a lot of fun. We've, uh, we've gone a little bit over, you know, the time frame, but you know, that's great. I love having these conversations. I love nerding out on these concepts and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the one big tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk.